Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of the Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. Hey everyone, welcome to the Are You Listening podcast where two dudes sit around and talk about music because that's what we do. <laughs> I'm here, uh, I'm Scott, I'm here with my friend Brand. How's it going, man? Uh, dude number two checking in. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. It just uh, it felt right today. Just a couple of dudes being guys. Just, that's what we do. That makes it sound like a bro podcast, and we I, are not I that. We are, don't we think that's what we are. I definitely not. not that. I don't oh. want to be. <laughs> I don't think we are. No, just fingers crossed. We're fingers no... crossed. This we're not a bro podcast. <laughs> this week, I brought to you a record that my son requested. For us to listen to because this episode, even though we are talking about it before his birthday, this episode is the one that comes out directly after his birthday. So as a birthday gift to him, he wanted us to do an episode on Weezer's Van Weezer. Correct. And happy birthday. Happy birthday, Lucas. I hope you enjoy this this episode of the podcast. We'll see how it goes. Weezer is an American rock band that formed in Los Angeles, California in 1992. Originally consisting of members Rivers Cuomo on guitar and lead vocals, Jason Cropper on guitar, Patrick Wilson on drums, and Matt Sharp on bass and backing vocals. Jason was fired from the band during the recording of their first record because the band felt that he was threatening their chemistry, in quotes. What they meant by threatening their chemistry is he had a girlfriend that got pregnant, basically. (laughs) They were recording in New York. His girlfriend called and told him, his girlfriend from Los Angeles called, told him that she was pregnant. It got in his head quite a bit. He would go from being just normal guy recording to getting up on top of the roof of Electric Lady Studios and screaming. Well, I'm glad that Weezer handled it properly like friends would and you know, really well, helped him through that situation. Here's the thing. That was all fine until she unexpectedly showed up at the recording studio with no place to stay and like started drawing attention away from him and messing up the recording sessions. Now, as a band recording their debut record, time is money. And you don't need a quote Yoko (laughs) there to mess things up. Yes. To put it to put it that way, the only aspect of the band that I'm familiar with is I know the name Rivers Cuomo. I've heard yeah. it as a punchline and many jokes. Oh, okay. I don't know uh, those. I, jokes. I, I I don't know if I do either. I just know that I've heard. I'm sure it was from listening to like hipster podcasts, mm-hmm. not even about music, just like hipsters would reference Rivers Cuomo. But I don't oh, okay. exactly even know why. I guess I've never like delved too deeply into this band's personal lives or personal characteristics at all like i just know rivers is the writer (laughs) you know he writes the lyrics and then the band plays whenever we get to my notes i there will be like you'll get an idea of the idea i had of not weezer but of rivers cuomo himself like there's a few instances where i'm and by the way it could be unfounded i don't know why i think the way i do but we'll, we'll get there when we get to my track breakdown yeah, like I was saying, when when uh, Jason's girlfriend, pregnant girlfriend, showed up in New York, uh, that's when like that was the final straw 
and Rivers Cuomo told Cropper that he could not allow him to jeopardize the band's work and asked him to leave. I think that that statement might be like how I picture Rivers Cuomo is like just a supremely hipster art type of guy where he's like, this is my work. This is my masterworks. This is what I do. See, I am a professional artist. Right, right. I picture him more like they have something going. They have these songs that they think are really good. They're recording their debut record, hoping that it's going to come out and just do phenomenally like any other band would. Yeah. And then you have a guy who has some serious life-changing events going on at this time, right in line with what they're trying to do. So by all means, just, just throw them to the side and keep on keeping on. Don't worry about this guy who's been in your band and who is your your friend, I guess. In theory, you would think if they haven't even made an album yet, they don't have like session musicians filling and you would think that no. they were friends. Right. You would think, but then you don't, I don't know. I'm thinking of it as the two stresses going against each other. So you don't want to be a half-hearted father and you don't want to be a half-hearted guitarist. But it sounds like to me, like he didn't make that decision. That decision was made for him. Quite possibly. It's you. I mean, I thought the statement was the band decided that they were messing with their direction or something like that. It wasn't he decided he was going to, you know, stand back. It's impossible for us to know what actually happened. Oh, yeah. But I'm just I was just going off of the context clues that you were giving me. And about right. <laughs> the, the, the statements being said is what I went off of. I mean, they, Weezer still went on to success, so it's not they, like it hurt them. They certainly did. After Jason Cropper left the band or got fired, however you want to see it, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was replaced by Brian Bell. Cuomo, Wilson, Bell, and Sharp went on to finish the Blue Album, which is the kind of the title of their first record. It's self-titled, but everybody calls it the Blue Album because the cover is completely blue. And then the band went on to record like the Green Album, the Red Album, the Black Album, the Teal Album. Of the three tracks by Weezer that I knew before this, mm-hmm. those, track, those tracks being Hash Pipe, Beverly Hills, yep. and mm, My Name is Jonas? My Name is Jonas. Is that that? on the blue record? Yep. And is that the only one that's on that blue record? That is the only one that's on that blue record. Okay. Well, I know that. And again, this is going to be an ongoing theme for a lot of this shit. Apparently I know that from guitar hero. So yeah. Yeah. Cuomo, Wilson, Bell and Sharp went on to finish the blue album, which led to huge success for the band. That same lineup went on to record and release their follow-up album Pinkerton after abandoning plans for a rock opera entitled Songs from the Black Hole. Pinkerton's a big record for them, right? Pinkerton is... Or is it just a polarizing record for them? It is a polarizing record. Okay. It was more introspective, more emotional. Rivers kind of went and uh, dug deep in his feelings for that record, and then it did not do numbers when it came out. (laughs) I knew it had some significance. I just didn't know what the significance it is, was. It's a huge cult classic now. Like okay. People that are Weezer fans like love that record. But at the time, because it did not do well, there wasn't really a big single off of it at all. And without the big single at that time, there was no... I mean, there's no radio play. There's... Yeah. You know, the, the, you're not selling records that way back in the 90s. I'm just trying to see if they went from getting that radio play and those videos essentially going back to being an indie band with Pinkerton. I mean, kind of, but I don't think it was intentional. I think they were still trying to. Oh yeah. No, I don't think, I don't, I don't think anybody once they get radio play wants to go back to being an indie <laughs> band. Right. I don't think that's, that's, a, yeah. that's a choice that a lot of people make. I don't know because I, I didn't know about the songs from the black hole okay. rock opera that was being written. So I don't know what they were doing as far as direction as a band or like where they were going creatively with their career because you get the Blue Album, which is very, there's a lot of pop music in this record. I just looked it up. My Name is Jonas isn't a single off of that. At the time when it came out, there was three singles off of it. All did huge. And then My Name is Jonas. Basically all the other songs became known to everybody because the record was so big. Then they went from that huge success to possibly writing a rock opera, which got scrapped. And I think at that time, Rivers went to Harvard 
and then started writing all these introspective songs that ended up on all, Pinkerton. All of this is stacking up exactly how I imagined <laughs> Rivers Cuomo to stack up. All of it is just it, it, the, all the Lego pieces are falling into place. Yeah, Harvard definitely makes sense. Yep. Okay, and then yeah, then Pinkerton was released to very mixed reviews and was considered a commercial failure. Following the mixed response to Pinkerton, Weezer went on a five-year hiatus during which time Matt Sharp left the band. In an interview in 2016, he said, I don't really know how to speak on this because I don't know what should be kept private and what should be shared. I certainly have my view of it, as I'm sure everybody else has their sort of foggy things. When you have a group that doesn't communicate, you're going to have a whole lot of different stories. So even Matt Sharp has kept it very vague as to why he left the band. And it's still never been... Like, I, I didn't come across any anything telling me why he left. This is run its course. I'm going to see myself out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. In 2001, the band returned with the Green Album and a new bassist, Mikey Welch. With a more pop-centric sound, the album was a commercial success. The Green Album is the only Weezer LP to feature Mikey Welch on bass. On tour for the Green Album, Welch suffered a breakdown brought on by drug use, undiagnosed mental health problems, and a strain of touring. He had a couple issues with doing too many drugs. It happens to the best of us, you know? Yeah. <laughs> he left Weezer and was checked into a psychiatric hospital. Welsh then went on to have an art career, and as of 2008, had 13 exhibitions of his artwork. Unfortunately, Welsh passed away in 2011 due to his drug issues. I love how much you love talking about band members that have nothing to do with an album that we're talking about. Well, I'm giving you I'm giving you the history. <laughs> I'm giving you the it. history of the band. He's like, hey, we're going to talk about this guy for 15 minutes. And then I'm going to tell you that that guy never even saw the light of day during <laughs> these next 10 albums. Well, th this is this is bassist facts. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, sorry that's my bad. That's my bad. I forgot we were. We, this was a bass centric episode. That's yeah, I don't. I don't have drum facts. I just have the, the list of three bassists that left. The okay. band. <laughs> my bad. That's that's on me. I apologize. <laughs> well, one guitarist, two bassists left the band. Um, and Rivers Cuomo went to Harvard. He sure, he sure did. He definitely <laughs> did. Uh, following Welsh's departure from the band in 2001, bassist Scott Schreiner has, was hired to take his place. The lineup of Cuomo, Wilson, Bell, and Schreiner would go on to record 12 more LPs, the last of which being Van Weezer the record we are talking about today. So after after they got the new bassist, they yeah. stayed the same band then throughout. Yes, they have been the same band for 15 studio albums. Okay, then I need to take back what I said previously because I thought you were going to run me down a list of all like 13 members that left the band. So I no. do apologize for addressing <laughs> that in the way I did. No, That's there, what I thought was coming. No, there's only been three band members that have left the band. Okay. Okay. So they have been solid since what I say 2001 is when yeah. Welsh, Welsh left the band. 15 more albums. Yeah. It's a lot of albums. That is a lot of albums. And and they're I saw I read something they're in the studio recording something called Seasons. So they're going to put a record out for Four each records. Yeah, yeah. For each season of the year. I don't know when it's going to start but they were talking like the records are going to come out the first week of each season. I like grand ideas like that, but I feel like that's another one of those things that is much better in theory than execution 99% of the time. I think it kind of depends because Weezer is, I mean, they put out 15 albums, so they're pretty prolific. I feel like they have a bunch of stuff in the tank that they could, you could see like spring being love songs or something. So they could have a bunch of love songs I'm not doubting their ability to do it. Yeah. I'm doubting any any artist's ability to do it to its the potential. I okay. guess is what I'm trying to say. Like I think that is such a broad and amazing idea that mm. it's going to be hard. You're not going to put out four incredible albums. You know what I mean? Like right, they, yeah. they're going to be they're going to unless they were planning a thing for 10 years which again could be possible well that's <laughs> what i'm wondering i wonder if kind of like what i was saying like maybe they have a back catalog of a bunch of songs that didn't quite fit on other records yeah. but then looking back on them they could be like this one has a super summery feel to it this one has a super lovey springtime feel 
this one has kind of a downer depressing feel so it's gonna go in the fall you know what i mean so maybe they have a bunch of songs kind of like that that you can stick into an album for a specific season and then go on and write another 10 20 songs specifically for those seasons and come up with 40 pretty decent tracks having four 10 song records in a year you're you're taking a big bite by even announcing that so if they can chew it good <laughs> i hope they, i hope they can but that's a big bite you're taking of like yeah we got this four 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 albums four seasons let's go i think they could i think if anybody could they could i mean they came out with two records last year the year that this record came out yes. they had this one and they had okay human uh, and i loved okay human does that mean you liked it more than this record <laughs> this this is lucas's record I know, but I'm I'm interested in your opinions on this record also. We will get to my opinions. Okay. No, uh, I did like Okay Human better than Van Weezer. Okay. But to me, they're they're obviously two different records. Okay, I'm only familiar with one, so I can't. Right. <laughs> okay Human is very, it's kind of like orchestral. There's a lot of strings. There's a lot of isolation in the lyrics. Some of it was written pre-COVID. Some of it was definitely written during COVID. And you can you can feel that. It is not soaring with guitar solos and stuff like Van Weezer is. Van okay. Weezer is definitely a more I hesitate saying hard rock, but it is very guitar-centric music. Could you say the albums are kind of a mature father and a young son (laughs) (laughs) uh kind of or more like an album dealing with issues and then just moving past it and just trying to party (laughs) you know what i mean just trying to party just have a good time let loose a bit like what one record you realize the world sucks the next one you're like but let's make fun of it i kind of see exactly where you're at with this album already i kind of i kind of know where you're at with it i really appreciate both of them just because they're so different let me get in on van weezer the record itself it's the band's 15th studio album and was released may 7th 2021 by crush music and atlantic records the album features a classic rock and hard rock sound in contrast to the pop rock and electro pop sound that had been featured on the band's previous albums pacific daydream the teal album and the black album the teal album is the one where they did all those covers you might have heard oh you didn't you didn't even hear africa no i probably yeah i probably heard africa i don't know if i heard the album or that cover but I know I heard people talking about it. Okay. So I, at least I'm aware of it. But. Yeah. Africa, the cover Weezer did was huge. One of the main things I remember hearing about it is that it's just technically proficient. Like it's just so yes. technically proficient. It's, 100%. Yeah. That's just every, one of the main things I remember. Every cover they did on that record, because like I said, that record is just a record of covers, is mm-hmm technically proficient like down to the note cuomo said that van weezer would take the band back to big guitars the album was announced in september 2019 with an original release date of may 2020 coinciding with the announcement of weezer's participation in the hella mega tour uh that tour they did with green day and i think it was green day and fallout boy yeah that sounds familiar yeah it sounds like a tour i would have not went to Uh, However, with the COVID-19 pandemic, the tour was delayed, as was the release of the album. Van Weezer was then released only four months after the band's album, OK Human. It was released almost a year to the day after it was actually originally supposed to be released. So it got delayed less than most Kanye albums. (laughs) The album is 10 tracks with a runtime of 30 minutes, 49 seconds produced by Susie Shin, who has also worked with Panic at the Disco, Fall Out Boy, Dua Lipa and Katy Perry. She also produced uh, Weezer's OK Human. So 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 she did both Weezer albums in the same year. Yeah, pretty wild. They must they must like her work, I guess. Uh, The album features five singles four of which were released ahead of the album. The last single was released like the day after the album was released or something like that. But now a weird thing would be if this, if a single or two came out and then okay, human came out. That's a weird, that's what happened. Yeah. That's weird. Cause I'm if you're sure. hearing, 
and again not knowing what okay human sounds like but if yeah. you're hearing singles from van weezer and then you think that that song is on okay human and you pick up okay human different experience i guess yeah oh yeah 100 <laughs> percent. i think the end of the game and hero were the first two singles that came off of van weezer okay and then i think it got delayed and then okay human came out and then van weezer came out after uh beginning of the end and i need some of that those are the four singles okay well and then all the good ones is the single that came out after the record came out there's only two tracks on here that i i couldn't see being singles yeah it so. was it's definitely like full of opportunity it's full of single opportunity i was gonna say pop rocky opportunity of singles yeah the album debuted and peaked at number 11 on the u.s billboard 200 and received generally favorable reviews from critics i have a few i haven't gotten reviews in the last couple episodes but i got a few and they're gonna be of the same time basically yeah, because it the was last year. Most recent album we've ever done. Yeah. Pitchfork gave it a 5.9, saying Rivers Cuomo's latest is a tribute to his hair metal heroes, but it never goes all that hard. Yeah, kind of what you expect from Pitchfork. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Sutherland from Krang said, All hail, Rivers Cuomo and company bring big riffs and bigger tunes in irresistible 80s hard rock homage. For the first time in too long, it is a Weezer record that rocks exactly how Weezer records should and gave it a four out of five. I'd like to hear when the last record before this was that he thought rocked. <laughs> From Weezer? Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm curious where that where that cutoff is. Where's the line? Like when yeah. when people when do people think Weezer stopped, quote, rocking? I definitely have a start and stop point and restart point when it comes to Weezer. Is the restart 2021? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I really loved Weezer starting from the beginning. Okay. When, when Buddy Holly came out on from the blue record, I was all in. I loved it. Oh, I might know that song. I might know that song too. That that was their first huge single. It had a it had a music video, right? Yeah. It looked like Happy Days. Uh, yes, I am familiar with that. Yeah, I'm familiar with that. So I loved the Blue Album. Pinkerton came out. I actually loved Pinkerton. And then they went on that hiatus for so long. Oh, I, yeah, five years. I, yeah, I, and I was bummed. Then the Green Album came out, and I was in a different space in my life because I'm going from, what, 92 the Blue Album came out? So right. I was 10, 11 when I heard it. And then I was turning 18 when the Green Album came out. I think it was after I met Emily. Yeah, that's a different that's a different mindset. Yeah, I was it's completely in a different space. And I own it. I like it enough, but it didn't hit as hard as I had hoped it would, okay. especially for such a long wait. And then they went on to do records one after another for a really long time, and none of them really grabbed a hold. And then Make Believe came out and I kind of liked that record, and then I stopped listening to them again so much and then I heard about this Van Weezer record coming out and then OK Human came out. I really dug OK Human and I like this Van Weezer record too. So my Weezer fandom goes in waves. Other records that came out on May 7th, 2021, Zarface and MF Doom came out with the Super What record. And then the other record that came out the exact same day was the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones when God was great. You have to get every opportunity you can to wedge Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. Into this I'm not wedging. Podcast. It came out the same day. <laughs> uh, other releases, May 2021, Olivia Rodrigo's Sour came out on the 21st. Huge album. That Sour album crushed the charts. Sold so many units. That's that one that has the, the song that sounds like Paramore. Yeah, like the Paramore quote sample, but it's not. But it's not. Yeah, no, I I went in and, and did a, a breakdown of each song because yes. <laughs> I had to know. But yeah, it, it's not the same song at all. Also coming out in May, J. Cole's The Off Season came out on the 14th. Which was in your uh, year in review as one of your favorites of the year, right? I'm pretty sure it was. I loved that record. Yeah. I thought it was super good. It wasn't in mine. I thought it was nope. fine. Uh, 21 Pilots <laughs> came out with Scaled and Icy. 21 Pilots are a very interesting band or group, whatever you call them. Like they were they were seen messiahs. Like they were supposed to be ushering in like another next fold of the scene. And then something happened. Like I, I, I don't follow them. I don't listen to them. But I listen to a couple scene podcasts that mention them. And it's 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 crazy. I listened to one of their records, Blurry Face. 
I don't know if that's the name of the song or the record. Whatever record that song is on, or if that's the name of the record, I listened to that one. It was all right, but I see their records for sale all the time. But I've never. I'm yeah. good. I just, I just nothing about. I think I, there might have been a time where I got into a random Twenty One Pilots album for like a week, but right. I don't even remember what album. Yeah. I never dove super deep into any of their records. It's just, it was something I listened to and it was like, yeah, all right, that's something. And then moved on. And then the last record I have that I wrote down for being released May, 2021 was mock homies pray for Haiti. Yeah. A lot of people said, a lot of people said that was hip hop album of the year. And I, I don't agree with that. I thought it was good. And I thought it it really, I mean, we don't need me on here talking about how good Griselda is. This isn't a Griselda cast, but <laughs> I thought West Side Gun really hyped that album up a lot and cultivated what needed done. And Makami delivered, but it just, I don't, it wasn't my favorite hip hop record of the year. Number one album, May 7th, 2021, Young Thugs Slime Language 2. Is that a mix album? Is that a mix uh, mixtape? Kind of. It was an album, but it's his okay. entire like label. Like it's just it's it's everybody he has on his label all on the album with him. Oh, gotcha. Okay, it's one of those, and it's 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 solid. If you you like Young Thug, if you don't like Young Thug, you're not gonna like it because a lot of his label sounds like him. Oh, so okay. If you if you don't like Young Thug, you're not gonna like it. But I I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. All right. The number one song was "Rap Star" by Polo G. I've listened to Polo G. And Polo G exploded last year, and it's still it's one of those guys that blew up, and I never heard anything before. Yeah. And then he blew up, and he's that. Is, is it Hall of Game or no? That's the E forty E forty record. I think it's, it might be just Hall of Fame, like Polo G Hall of Fame. The album was on the charts forever. It might still be on the charts. Like oh, it wow. sold outrageous. And I listened to it. I thought it was good, but I don't know. Apparently, I had a lot of mediocre listens last year. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> is what I'm hearing. Uh, I I didn't listen to either of those. I've never listened to Young Thug or Polo G, so I, I don't know where I'm at. I, I think I'd bring you a Young Thug album at some point, but I know you're probably not going to like it. <laughs> and I, I don't care enough about any, but it would just be one of those like, yeah, we'll do it. Sure. And then yeah. maybe, you know, maybe I'd find something in it that I like more. Or you'd find something that you hate more. Who knows? Who knows? It's a possibility. Yeah. Do you want to jump into your track by track review of Van Weezer? I think we can get involved. I think we could start doing that. All right. I might chime in with a few things here or there on each track, but go at it. Let's let's get going. Opener Van Weezer is end of the game. Yep. Off the top of this, I, okay, is your enjoyment of this album mm -hmm. musically, or do you find a lot of joy in this album because of how much your son likes it? So I liked it before he heard it. He heard it because I was listening to it. But then you would say that he likes this way more than you do. I don't know. I think we both enjoy it almost the same. I think maybe he does like it more than I do. How do you like this song? Nothing about this song should be Scott likes this. This is a, a slick, thick pop song by the, it could have been by the likes of the Jonas brothers or one direction. That's how, that's how slick that the chorus is on this thing. It's gorgeous. With crazy, awesome eighties fueled guitars, but the guitars all of these tracks kind of have that 80s feel yeah. in the in the intro. That's kind of the point, yeah. But then it kind of fades away into just what I assume is a Weezer track. No, don't assume that. <laughs> you no, know, I am. I am. I will. <laughs> that's that's where I'm heading with, with this, this breakdown here. Gotcha. And just hearing this, I know that you probably despise One Direction. You probably are not a Jonas Brothers fan. There was what, at one point I liked Nick Jonas's solo stuff. I there is a member of One Direction. I can't remember which one it is offhand. Wait, Harry Styles is from One Direction, right? I have no idea. It's honestly a Jonas Brothers One Direction level of just thick bubblegum pop, and it's great because I love that kind of pop. I love that music. And then there's an 80s like hairband arena pop tinge behind it, which yeah. is great. This song's a ripper. And then also I have to add, I love love. So I'm definitely gonna <laughs> right. like this song. Uh, one little fact from this song, Rivers Cuomo said, according to him, there's at least a hundred guitar overdubs on this track. That sounds like 85 too many at least. <laughs> That's an insane amount. You want to know how many I heard? Probably one. One or two. Yeah, the Rivers Cuomo pyramid keeps building the same way I thought it was going to. <laughs> it's so wild though. Second track is all the good ones. Yep. This is one that is so far up my 13-year-old self's alley. It's insane. <laughs> yeah. 
like if I was 13 years old, it's a, it's a fun pop song, but there's an undertone of like despair and negativity. Sure. Yeah. Which is exactly where I was mentally at like 12, 13. Just, Mm. just like, yeah, everything's fun because it kind of is, but you also are, you know, thinking about certain things. You're, you're starting to see negativity in things for the first time. Right. And it, and it's kind of like, yeah, that's what this song is. And it's super catchy. It's catchy as hell. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. Um, Weezer, in my opinion, has always been super catchy. Like Rivers Cuomo is well aware of what makes up a good pop song. He can do a hook. He can do a hook. Yeah, every song that I know of them prior to this was the hook is what I remember. It's yeah. not like I remember the intricacies of the 90 overdubbed guitars. So right, hey, right. Rivers Cuomo, let's fucking focus on what we're doing here. <laughs> yeah. Next track is Hero. Yep. And this thing is so angsty. The amount of <laughs> angst in this is it, it, it's almost as thick as the pop was in the first track. And it's also so good. Yeah. I, I feel like Rivers Cuomo wrote this to be in a Spider-Man movie and they said, hey, n- n- we're not doing that. So then he changed it just a little bit and put it out. That's <laughs> that's what it reminded me of. Yeah. Like he he was like, oh, I could do it. I'm, I'm going to write a Spider-Man song. It's going to be the theme song. <laughs> and then he wrote it and they were like, we're all right. We're good. <laughs> and he's like, all right, then I'll just say I'm shooting lasers out of my eyes to get over the copyrights. <laughs> the I'm not everybody. I walk alone line mm-hmm. is just like the perfect, like early, like early teen vibe. Like you're just you're, sure. you're out there. You're out there fighting for yourself. You're yeah. out there just doing, you know, whatever. And it, that it, it would have ripped with me in this. Like if yeah. I if I heard this thing when I was 12, 13, Lucas's age. But I, Lucas and I lived very different childhoods up oh, to 100%, 13, but as, as did you and yeah. Lucas, I assume. Yeah. And I, and that is one thing I, I hope that he, he, he maybe doesn't know all of it, but knows that like, yes, like how awesome it is to have a father like you and not, <laughs> not living a life the way that you or I may have grown up. And, and I mean, even you and I grew different. up very differently, Yeah, but it was different. It, it, it's a, it's a much different arena and there would have never been a time where I would have been like, dad, I like this album. And if it wasn't the Beatles or Led Zeppelin, he would have given one shit about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> like that. Check out this entombed album. Hey, you want to hear this new mayhem record? No, no. my dad didn't give a shit. What the fuck I was doing. Yeah. I have tried so hard to get Lucas to listen to it, like to find his own music. Because yeah. I know at this point in my life, that was what that's what did it for me. We've talked about it a million times before, where I would go riding my bike up to Harmony House and and picking CDs out based on cover art, and I loved that. I still love that. But you also know that you and I was also using music as an escape. Yeah, one hundred percent. But but I'm and and again, I'm not doubting that you know. You know, Lucas deals with shit and all that problem shit, but his I'm sure is the base level of where he could be, you know, compared to how you and I may have been or even just me. I don't want to speak for you. Mm-hmm. It's it's head and shoulders better. And maybe he doesn't need as much as his escape That's and, a possibility, or yeah. has other means of escape. Also, you know, there's yeah. there's so much more today than there was. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, yeah. Hey, I can watch anything on a screen <laughs> in my pocket. Right. OK, yeah, I'll, yeah. Be, I'll distract myself <laughs> with that. Right. I have one little thing about Hero. Uh, this song was released May 6, 2020. So this is a single off this record that came out a year before this record was released. The band described the song as for the stay-at-home dreamers, the Zoom graduators, the sourdough bakers, and the essential workers. The weirdest thing is, as good as that song is, I felt like it it was one that didn't fit in the rest of them, and I don't know why. It just okay. it just didn't ha- it didn't have the same feel to me. I, okay. I love that song. I loved it, like I said, but mm-hmm. it didn't. It felt like it was a it was a clear single. I, I Hero was definitely a single. I would oh, have told yeah. you that from the beginning. Yeah, and it's it sounded like one of those clear clear you know singles that almost may have been forced onto an album. But I still think I still think it was good. I still yeah. think it was good. Next track is I need some of that. Sure is straight 80s hair metal classic rock vibe on this thing yeah and i don't know if you know i don't know i mean i know lucas doesn't know but man like wheelhouse for me there's a (laughs) lot of that sound i mean winger 
Yeah. Winger is was one of my favorite bands for years. Right. I had an I had an 89-90 Winger tour shirt that was my favorite shirt for many, many years. That's awesome. Hearing those sounds in all these songs, the way I can put it is kind of it's like a lot of these songs. No, I'll wait two more songs to get into this analogy. Okay. I got that. we'll get there in two more songs. Sure. But this is the song where they mention Aerosmith. Yes. Yep. Listening to Aerosmith. Yep. I think Weezer is the modern day contemporary of Aerosmith. I think Weezer is the Aerosmith. They are releasing many different albums. Yep. They have fans of some of their old stuff. They have fans of some of their new stuff. They For have sure. fans that kind of like some of it. Kind of. The, I th- yeah. I think the closest thing to Aerosmith in the modern day is Weezer. That yeah, I, I'd actually probably agree with that. And it's it's wild. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. One thing about this track, kind of about a couple other tracks coming up. A lot of the tracks on this record have interpolations of other songs into these songs. Interpolations being uh, the insertion of something a different of a different nature into something else. So what what they're saying is like taking not stealing from a different song and putting it into their song, but incorporating lines from songs into this song. All of which, like everybody that has had anything to do with any interpolation has been credited on the record, like in the liner notes and everything. Interpolation sounds like one of those words that's used legally to avoid. Yes, 100%. (laughs) To avoid the the term stealing. But uh, (laughs) this song contains interpolations of Heat of the Moment by Asia and Don't Fear the Reaper by Blue Oyster Cult. Is there a sample at the end of this? Like, is there a clip from a movie or something? What is that? Where it's like the you can't film here... I don't know that that's you're saying I can't do this. I don't know if that's from a movie or if that's just from them, like possibly recording something. I don't know. I that that one clip lost me because I have no idea what it's from. I because I feel like I really recognize the voice on the. So you're saying I can't do this. I feel like right. I really recognize the voice. But if, if you don't know what it is. Yeah, I have no idea. OK. Next track is beginning of the end. Mm-hmm. Lyrically simple. Done very well. Sure. Enjoyed it. That's that's the that's all I have for this track. I I don't have anything else because I went off on some other tracks longer. But sure. uh, lyrically simple, you know, yeah. did it well. This song is actually featured on the Bill and Ted's movie that came out. I never saw it. You didn't see it. Have you seen any of the Bill and Ted movies? I saw the first one when I was probably already too old to see it. So it's kind of like <laughs> kind of like Ghostbusters, where I watched Ghostbusters as as an adult, basically, and sure. definitely don't have the same opinion on Ghostbusters as a lot of people my age. It was featured in the in the new Bill and Ted soundtrack, and also includes contains an interpolation of "The Longest Time" by Billy Joel. I think we've talked about Billy Joel briefly. I think I'm I think I'm good because <laughs> you've mentioned bringing a Billy Joel album to me, and I said okay, yeah, all right, it's, it's on the yeah, list. That's kind of it's kind of one where I'm just. Uh, uh, it's gonna be a rough one i'm gonna be gritting my teeth through there i'm gonna be <laughs> chewing on a piece of balsa wood through those songs maybe next track is blue dream yeah it's a crazy train ripoff through and through it's, it's just the whole intro is a crazy train ripoff and i love the riff i don't care here is where i gets into that metaphor or that analogy i was talking about yeah it's like i'm looking at coloring book pages of songs that i know colored by other skilled artists but instead of using like charcoal and ink, they're just using like nubs of crayons, and it's <laughs> fantastic. It's great. I, I I love seeing how they're doing it. I love seeing what's done. I like the finished product. Maybe it's not as fancy or gritty or whatever as the other version, but I like seeing this version as well. Technically, not a ripoff. It contains interpolations, yep. Yep. but uh, Ozzy and Randy Rhodes are listed on the credits for this song, obviously, because the entire song <laughs> is just crazy train yes. with different lyrics. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I, and I don't hate it. Like it's done in a way that I enjoy seeing the finished coloring book page. Yeah, the 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 chorus, the "I'm at home here in this blue dream" sounds yeah. so pleasing. It's yeah. so great. Honestly, I enjoyed every single bit of this, even the solo. But that might be because the longest solo on this album might be 15 seconds. Yeah. They're not long solos, but they're there. Perfect. That's a perfect, perfect length for a solo for me. Get in and get out. Take care of business. <laughs> right. Next track is one more hit. Mm-hmm. This is where I really stepped into my rivers Cuomo opinions on this. Okay. This felt like a very blatant attempt at like the meta 
one more hit. I need one more hit single. I know it's not good for me, but then like the drug other side of it, like I need one more hit of this drug. And I was like, Rivers, we all can see it. Like you don't have to pretend to hide it. It's fine. I I thought the song was great, but once I got into my head about that meta, it's written as, oh, this, no, this is all about the drugs and all about one more hit of drugs. And then no guys, he's serious. Like he's telling his friends, no, see, it's about the music industry. What yeah. we're gonna do? That, this, that's what I hear. This is time. one song that I could have left off the album. I I don't like this song at all. I I like it because it also gets really heavy and thrashy, and it's unnecessary yeah. and incredible. <laughs> right? Yeah, I, it just feels like Rivers would be so proud and smug of this song. Like this is one <laughs> he's like, "Have you guys heard one more hit yet?" Because it's uh, it's one of the good ones. The good ones. <laughs> okay, Rivers, we get it, man. We understand. Right. Next track, Sheila can do it. Yep. This is one that I felt big winger vibes on. I was just into this. Is there interpolations? Is that the word? Is there yep. interpolations on this one? Yeah, there is. Uh, and who is it? Girls, girls, girls by Motley Crue. Yeah, that would make sense. That's so, about yep. the same time. It's that's yep. about the same time. The instrumentation is wild on this track, and then all of the tracks. If we're being honest. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not just talking about an 80 dubbed over guitars, rivers. Let's settle down. But I, I don't have a clue about what this song is about at all. I <laughs> I don't know. And if we're being honest, I don't care. I like right. I like the song. It was fun. That's one thing you can say about most of the songs on this album, and they were just fun. Yeah, all of them. All yeah. of them. There's no... I'll, I'll talk about it in this one. Next track is She Needs Me. Okay. And first thing I have is I love love, you know? Yep. So got to say that off the top. There's no stakes in most of these songs. Like, there's okay. no actual stakes there's no loss of hope there's no hopeful moments either there's just it just happens Mm -hmm. everything is base level and i'm a fan of all of it it's all like on the surface the one this one really reminded me of and i don't know if you're familiar steel panther i do know steel panther (laughs) this reminded me of steel panther obviously not as filthy or outlandish as steel panther right yeah but this one gave me a Steel Panther vibe at times, but that's probably just the Motley Crue influence I'm imagining. Probably, Steel yeah. Panther, Steel Panther believe that they are Motley Crue, kind of. Yeah. When there are stakes, they're almost concocted by you, not by the song. Like, if you are if you are finding something in there that could be a stake, that's you, on you, you are creating it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're creating it. Right. Final song, Precious Metal Girl. Yep heavy heavy steel panther vibes like the last two i was just like this is a steel panther album. <laughs> right. this is just two of a steel and again this one would be a steel panther song but it would not sound like this or be this nice this, right. is, I was a nice say, this is a very nice polite yes it's very it's, song. it's very sweet it's great yeah this is the closest i've heard a modern song get to the rock show by blink 182 okay in terms in terms of when I would listen to Blink 182's The Rock Show, the girl at The Rock Show would be an archetype of a crush that I would have. Right. Like you would never meet that person. You would never meet them, but you had a crush on them and it was an archetype of a person that you knew you wanted to have a crush on. And that's what that's what this track reminded me of. I thought that this is a new archetype of a girl to have a crush on when you're listening to this. What was the other Blink 182 song with an archetype? Was it Josie? Josie. Was that it? Is that? Uh, I don't think that's Josie. Because they have a song named Josie, but then they Josie do. But I, up as yeah, a I think it's a different song. Yeah, <laughs> but that that was it was the same way in that is it was like an archetype of a person to have a crush on that like I didn't really have an archetype to have a crush at the time when I was listening to the rock show, so it created that for me. Right. So we're gonna talk about our top three now, right? Yeah, let's get into the top three. But I thought we have a special guest for our for our top I was three. Say, I thought because this this uh, record was brought to us by my son for his birthday, we would get him involved in the podcast as our first guest. Really? Yes. He could give us his top three and maybe a little bit of his overview of the record to see what he actually felt about it. Absolutely. Let's get into your top three, Lucas. My top three are Hero. Uh, what what number is Hero? Hero is number one. Hero is your number one. Number yeah. one. Okay. My number two is Precious Metal Girl because it sounds generally different from the other 
songs in this album. Agree 100%. And my third one is I need some of that because it said, ah, oh, she, what was the line? You like the, you like the summer line. Like you like the line about needing more summer or yeah. something like that because it is so freaking cold out right now. <laughs> I will agree with you on one of those is in my top three. Really? Which one? I have one of those in my top three as well. Precious Metal Girl is my number two. Oh, wow. I love Precious Metal Girl. I think it's fantastic. I played it for Tara, and I, I said, this is it. And like I sang it to her, and she goes, did you just write that? I was like, no! <laughs> no! That's fantastic. I did not! So you guys you guys actually both matched up on your number twos. No, yes. What's your number two, Scott? My number two is Beginning of the End, the track that shows up on that Bill and Ted movie. So the one that I had the least to say about. Ah, that yeah, out. <laughs> that checks out. That makes sense. That's normal for us. My number three would probably be, it's tough. Once I get past my one and my two, the rest of them, I really like all of them. Lucas so had the same really problem. hard to find yeah. a three. I made him work to come up with a number three like all week long. Yeah, it was really hard for me. <laughs> well you could have just disobeyed the rules like your father does he doesn't give a shit he brings me he brings me two records of the week every week and it just doesn't he doesn't care about rules so it's true i don't if i could get over the meta way that one more hit was written it mm -hmm. would be that that would be in there maybe she needs me just because i love love as i say all the time i love love and she needs me that's why i need her i love that sentiment that's actually so. my number three Number three. Oh, so we matched up on three. We matched up on three. You guys matched up on two. And then Lucas and I matched up on one. Yeah. Because Hero, so Hero is my favorite song on this record. Yeah. Okay. I liked Hero a lot. And I, the whole idea that he wrote a failed song for Spider-Man was all that was in my head all the time. <laughs> but my number one, without a doubt, is Blue Dream. I think Blue Dream is an incredible song. You mean Crazy Train? I mean, yeah, I mean Crazy Train in the ocean. Because it, it, it kind of, the riff does kind of sound like if Crazy Train were played in a salt bath. But all in all, Lucas, I have a question for you. Yes. All in all, with this album, did you do you did you find yourself putting yourself in all these all these songs? Because I couldn't help doing it for myself. A little for some of the songs, like Hero and uh, I need some of that. Because this whole this whole album reminded me of I would have downloaded songs off Kaza and Lucas I'm sure you don't know what Kaza is no or, idea. or or LimeWire or any of that but I would have downloaded all of these tracks and put them on a mix CD not knowing who they were from because I used to download Click Click Boom and they said it was from Limp Biscuit. I used to download other songs and they said they were from other bands that they weren't that's just how music sharing was at the time it was highly illegal and highly irrational and this would have been my playlist I would have been playing computer games to this album I would have been playing computer games to this these sounds this feelings that it's giving me everything i i want to thank you for bringing this album because i loved this album good i i was really hoping you would and i did find myself trying to listen to it in a me when i was your age way and i oh, think that helped a lot yeah. it, i think i was able to quell some of my cynicism and put down <laughs> put down some of the negative opinions I've had on things. Now, that didn't stop Rivers Cuomo from building the perfect pyramid of who I knew he was. <laughs> but but, but here we are. Yeah, I, I love this album. I really did. Is this album on steady rotation for you, Lucas? Uh, yes, most definitely. Where does this rank in some in like your favorite albums of all time? Definitely top five, I think. Top five. That's that's solid. I, I think it's great. And I'm I the happiness that I got from it. I'm hoping you get most of that. And I also need you to know that I don't think your father would like this as much as he does if you didn't like this. That's what I need to say. That's, that's kind of true. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of things on here that I know I have tried to present to him in different ways. And he was <laughs> not interested. So like whenever I started listening to this, I was like, yeah, yeah, he definitely loves his son. Not, not that that was ever in doubt. I wasn't <laughs> doubting that. But that's just one of the first thoughts is like, yeah, that's why he likes it so much. And I, I hope you appreciate that because that should add to something that deserves appreciation. I definitely do. Is this the only Weezer album you've listened to or have you listened to other Weezer albums? I've listened to one other Weezer album, which is OK Human. So the your dad's favorite from that year. Yeah. And where do you what do you think about OK Human? I think it's very, very trying to get through 2021 or 2020 okay. feel. Okay. 
And do you want to explore more Weezer or are you kind of okay? I think I want to explore more Weezer. See, I think that I only knew those couple singles. I think you may have ruined me on Weezer because (laughs) of this. Because I love this album so much, and I know that this isn't really Weezer. Like, yes, there are some poppy hooks and stuff that yeah. are could be Weezer esque, yeah. but I think it's it's so much not Weezer that it. I think it may ruin other every other Weezer album for me. Uh, <laughs> I don't I don't know about that because Weezer they've always been pretty pop centric, especially with their hooks. Like I said earlier, yeah. So even though I said this record is kind of a standalone, but that's really the music because it's got that 80s bass that that 80s hair metal bass that's what kind of makes this record stand out compared to other weezer records but i loved that aspect of this so much that i don't know if once you take that away that i'm still on board for that Uh, there's a better word than like pretentious pop (laughs) but like (laughs) rivers cuomo i could see him with the 80 guitar overdubs you said it just seems like a little too much for me. It is a, it is a lot, but I, I see him like this is coming from nowhere, just my imagination, <laughs> I suppose. I well, see him more as, came from. like a more of a, a perfectionist, like trying to make sure everything sounds clean to the point where almost it's almost sterile. You know, I like clean things. Yeah, we've talked about that. I like things that are produced into the ground, and I guess if you do have eighty overdub guitars, that is so. Again, another instance of me being a musical hypocrite. <laughs> so then, I would like Lucas to ask me the question for the episode. Thrown, on or grown? Here's the thing. The last time I bought something off of Discogs, I was something for your dad, and his address was still in my Discogs. So, <laughs> th- this uh, this record may be on its way to your house, oh. and you have to send it. You have to send it back to me. We will send it to you right away. I I I, had, I bought this. I had already bought it, but no, this isn't. This is an own, and I think I'm going to say it now because I'm ruined on Weezer. I'm going to probably say this is a Weezer throne for me. I wow. love this album. I love this album so much. I, I'm astonished. I I told some people this that know kind of what I listen to, and they asked me if I was all right, and I said. <laughs> I said I love it. I I I just I love it. It's it's the thick pop that I love. It's the '80s that I love. It's it's well done. I, I just love this album. And again, thank you for bringing this to me. You gave me a present for your birthday, essentially. <laughs> so happy birthday, Lucas. Thank you, Lucas. Do you have a Do you have a record of the week? I have a song for the week. I don't necessarily have a record for the week. It's still a record. You could still call it a record. Okay, Superman by Goldfinger. I love that track. That's a good song. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, that just that reminds me of Tony Hawk, just nonstop, man. I love that game. The reason how I actually got into it is because of Tony Hawk Pro, Pro Skater. It's so good. So, are you playing like the re, are you playing the remastered version? Yeah. Yeah, he got it for Christmas. I think they cut off some of the track listing from the original. Like, there's they a couple did, songs and they that they added some it. newer. They added some newer stuff yeah. too. Yeah. And I still liked it. Like, I still like the new playlist, but. There's I don't know I, I can't even tell you what songs listed. It was institutionalized on the first one because yeah. I am I assume that's I'm one pretty sure taken off. <laughs> I'm <laughs> pretty like, sure that's taken off. Mom, well. give me give me a can of Pepsi. No, no, we're, we got to take that off. <laughs> All right, so Superman by Goldfinger is Lucas's record of the week. Scott, what's yours? Um, mine is actually the new Corn record that came out, Requiem. You're a fan of all the albums, right? Not all of them. There's a certain point where. Like Weezer with Corn, I kind of stopped. I didn't really like Issues at all. Untouchables was pretty all right. Corn Three was iffy. But does this album line up? I'm I'm assuming it lines up with the Corn albums that you do like. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, there's definitely some Follow the Leader vibes, at least in some of the the guitar work. The only thing this record was missing was some bagpipes. That's a weird statement. <laughs> I don't I don't know if I'd ever use that statement in my life, but. <laughs> Well, there. on the corn records, I really enjoyed. There's always like a little little bit of bagpipes going on. This one just didn't have the bagpipes. Uh, but it's only no. it's only nine songs long. It's only like half an hour. What's the runtime of this Weezer record, by the way? Is it half, half hour, an hour? Like almost dead? Yeah, yeah uh, it, it thirty minutes by. forty nine seconds. I think I said. Yeah, it flies by. It's so fast, and I don't know if I love that or I hate it. But I think I love it because I can listen to it more. But right. I hate it because there's not more of it, if that makes sense. No, I totally get it. One album that bagpipes I don't think would make better <laughs> is my record of the week. Lucas, I'm assuming this is probably something you have zero interest in. It is the Juicy J and Wiz Khalifa collab album 
they put an album out together called Stoner's Night, and I am about it. It's so good. <laughs> Lucas is not. <laughs> I had no idea this album was in the works. I didn't know those dudes worked together. I didn't know they even knew each other. Right. And they put out a collab album. Now, the thing is, it's essentially a Juicy J record with a Wiz Khalifa feature on every track. That's essentially what oh, it is okay. because it's it's Wiz, it, it's Juicy J production. It's Juicy J trap beats. It's Memphis hard stuff. And I think I really like Wiz Khalifa rapping on trap beats. Like it's it's a really different suit because his production is always more, for lack of a better way, like Mac Miller because Pittsburgh, like they're more musical based than like the trap beats that are just hard, grimy knocks. Right. And hearing Wiz Khalifa on trap beats, especially juxtaposed with Juicy J, trap god, trap icon. I'm 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 a huge fan. I've played that thing so many times. So imagine me this week listening to Van Weezer <laughs> and Stoner's Night yeah. back to back, just That's back, wild. bouncing back and forth. I'm I'm astonished how much I loved both albums. But Weezer really stunned me because I only knew the singles and I knew Rivers Cuomo was Rivers Cuomo. So to come in here and get <laughs> come in here to get a a throne is insane, and I thank you again, Lucas. You're welcome. All right, well, uh, we listened to what we listened to. What am I listening to next week? Next week, you are listening to an album from your birth year, yeah, 1982. Oh. Wild. Oldest record we'll be we'll be covering on the show up until now. Whoa, whoa! That you don't you don't have to say those words. <laughs> <laughs> mixed in the same mixed in the same sentence with your birth year. Yeah, yeah, you're right. From your birth year, 1982. You are going to be listening to the album Sound of Music by The Addicts. Oh, okay. And that's the A-D-I-C-T-S, because I know there were many versions of the of Addicts. There was A-T-T-I-C-S yeah. and all those. But 1982, The Addicts, Sound of Music is the album. Sweet. It's actually really weird, because whenever I bought the CD for Arch Enemy's Doomsday Machine, mm-hmm. I bought this cd the same day oh wow okay so i'm excited and it's it's it might not be close at all to doomsday machine (laughs) it is a very different vibe and weirdly enough one i didn't care if i was embarrassed at the listening station oh it was just it was kind of like i i heard this and i was like yeah this is what i'm into didn't even know what year came out had no idea because yeah. at, at that time, you're just grabbing stuff and you're like, yeah, I don't know what year this is. And yep, 100%. In, in, in my head, this album, Sound of Music, came out the same time as Arch Enemies. Oh, wow, yeah. So you're in for a ride. I'm excited. I, I, I know very, very little about the Addicts. I don't know why I never jumped into them at all, but uh, stoked to give it a listen. I, I want to say, and we'll talk about it in the episode, but it's probably because... It's weird that they never made the full jump from the UK. That might be, yeah, it, that might be. They're it. kind of a very, very UK band. Right. And it was it was maybe even a wave of punk before you were super into punk. Yeah, I can see that. But I, I, I was into the earlier waves too, so... But they fit it. They were they but, weren't like one of the big names from. Yeah, I think that's I think that's probably why I never listened. They just they just became what they are because of the longevity. Right. I mean, Sound of Music '82 is their second album. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> yeah. So we'll get into all that on the next episode. Awesome. Follow us on Twitter at AYL Pod. Follow the Facebook group. It'll be in the links in the show notes slash description. Uh, send us an email at areyoulistening.pod at gmo.com. Yep. Tell your grandparents about us. Um, tell your kids about us. <laughs> tell your kids. They're still ex- most of the episodes are explicit. So <laughs> let's just let's 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 put a limit on what kids are because I don't your I don't need twelve a, year old need kids. A, that works. I don't need a five year old listening to this thing. No, <laughs> my, my I have a I have a filthy mouth. This is a sailor <laughs> podcast. Almost the the pride I get when I'm uploading these and I have to hit explicit. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it just feels good. <laughs> It feels get that, get that parental warning sticker up on there. <laughs> One day I'm going to miss it and it's going to get removed. And I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to know what happened. <laughs> I'm not going to know what happened. Thank you listeners for listening. hundred percent. Talked about Van Weezer. It was a throne for me. Yeah. Throne for you. First throne of the other person. Right. Isn't that, there's I, a way to say that. I think so. I, unless you're unless you're retroactively putting sunset tree up there. That would have been. So we both got one then. We both have one. Although, you didn't give me the album. <laughs> Your son did. So <laughs> that's 100% so, correct. 
So I'm one to know, and yep. you're zero and one, and he's one to know. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> huh. I feel like I'm failing this podcast. No, because he brought him in. So you know, <laughs> as soon as he gets comfortable enough, you're out of this. Thing. I'm out. This is this has been a this is this has been a, a ploy the whole time. I'm it's the old the guy. Kick him out. You're just gonna sit kid. back. You're gonna you're gonna be the executive producer and <laughs> try to take care of business. Although I I think it would be I think he would enjoy things I bring him a lot less than you do. Probably, <laughs> I I can almost guarantee that. Only because I don't know certain types of music. <laughs> Yeah, and I understand that, and and that that's fair. It's also fair because there's a lot of people that I could bring that stuff to, and they also would not be fans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There are people I've brought that things to that they are not fans. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. We're done talking about Van Weezer. Yep. Next week, you will be yeah, you'll be listening to the Attic Sound of Music all week, yep. and we'll meet back here like it's a huddle, and we'll get to the bottom of it. Um, happy birthday, Lucas! Again, thank you. And are you listening? Are you listening? Are you listening? Happy birthday, Lucas. And happy birthday. Happy birthday, Lucas. Happy birthday, Lucas.